Yep, sounds like I am. Are you guys in for a bit of a treat today? Uh, as we've heard, uh, next week I, I'm being commissioned uh, officially, so this is my last unofficial week. So, yeah, you get, you get the unofficial uh, Swanee this week. Uh, and when I, when I, <laughs> when I came uh, to Glenn Osman, uh, there was uh, a, a blank slate in terms of things that I, can, uh, that I could preach on or, or what I could do. Uh, and, and that was great, uh, but I have a certain personality where, where I'm aware that if you just give me an open mic to talk about whatever I want, uh, I'm likely to talk about the stuff that I want to talk about and to get onto my hobby horses, uh, which in reflection I've probably done anyway. But, um, but I, I, I like a bit of guidance. I like a little bit of assistance. And so we are actually going to be for the next few weeks going through the book of Philippians. Um, and so we're going to be having a read to that. I'm trying to give this book's going to give us a bit of structure and a bit of guidance for, for where we're going to be going. I also hope that during this time of going through the book of Philippians uh, that I can share a bit of who I am uh, and who we are as the Swan family uh, and a bit of our journey in terms of how we've ended up being here uh, at Glen Osmond Baptist Church. So a bit of that this week and next week as well at the commissioning. But uh, I've got a bit of a plan that I thought I'd let you know about, about where we're heading. This takes us basically up until uh, Easter. I, I had put this in as being like uh, a slide to make pretty later. So imagine this is like really pretty uh, and you're like really excited about it because it looks visually aesthetically appealing. You, you need to imagine that for me. Uh, that'd be wonderful. What, I spoke about my weaknesses uh, last week. Uh, graphic design is probably uh, up there. But anyway, this is where we're going. Uh, so uh, the passage on the right there, we're going to be having a look through Philippians, which will basically take us up until Easter. So all of term one, we're going to be having a look at that. We've got some guests, uh, preachers who are going to be coming in throughout that. But this is my plan for while I'm speaking, uh, is to be able to take us through uh, some of these sorts of things. Which begs the question of why. <laughs> why, why, why Philippians? Did I just do this? No. Uh, although sometimes God does speak that way, but that's not what happened this time. Uh, Philippians, for me, as I've left one church context in New South Wales, and I've come here to Glen Osmond in Adelaide, uh, Philippians has been something which has been, I guess, rumbling around in my mind. It kind of spoke a lot uh, to my church family uh, in Jerringong, where I've come from, uh, and it's, it's spoken a lot about my desires for them as I was leaving them and I was moving a, a significant distance away. Uh, there was a lot of passages in there that kind of really connected with my heart for them. And as I've come here to Adelaide, uh, to, to Glen Osmond, this book of Philippians captures some of my hopes, some of my expectations, some of what I desire to, to see and to happen uh, during my time here. So I thought a good way to start, kind of to provide me with a bit of a guidance, provide us all with a bit of a guidance, is to have a bit of a look at the book of Philippians. Uh, I think it's important to get some, some context and get a bit of an idea of some of the themes because I think once you understand some of what Philippians is going to talk about, it might also help us to be able to see why I thought this might be a good place for us to launch into things. 
Uh, one of the things that I was reading this week, one of the commentaries, uh, had this to say about the message of Philippians and its relevance to today. It says, The message of Philippians should cause us to consider things like the brevity of human life, the sad spectacle of a church in massive retreat before the world and crumbling in its denominational castles. It should cause us to question, what motivates my day-to-day life? What is the point of this thing called church? Does my involvement even matter? Is following God worthwhile? What good is he when things go off the rails? Is he enough? So, you know, one or two things that have some relevance for us here in Adelaide in in 2023. So having got a bit of an idea of some of the themes that I hope that we'll cover, uh, I'm going to start by reading to us Philippians 1, uh, 1 to 11. Uh, So this is Philippians. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all of God's holy people in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you, since I have you in my heart, and whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. The relationship between the writer, between Paul, the apostle, and this church seems to be quite an intimate one. Uh, And you can read a little bit about some of uh, their interactions in the book of Acts. Uh, So in the book of Acts, you kind of come across uh, Paul's missionary trips, where he starts his relationships with a number of churches as he goes around proclaiming Christ, one of the first missionaries to kind of go out uh, into his region. Uh, And in Acts 15 and 16, it kind of records particularly the beginning of his second trip. So he's done one trip out in kind of a small concentric circle. He kind of, he gets bigger as he goes out on his different three missionary trips. But the second one uh, begins in chapters 15 and, and 16. And things aren't smooth sailing. Things don't go particularly how Paul imagined they were going to. Uh, Darren, do we have the map? So this is kind of uh, where it all happened. Uh, Up here is Antioch. You'll hear about Antioch a bit in the book of Acts and kind of, uh, it seems to be that's where where Paul launches into a lot of his things from. The confusing thing is there's another Antioch in Jerusalem. So kind of when we hear about Antioch, I think this one's Antioch uh, in Syria, 
uh, and that's kind of where Paul launches a lot into his missionary trips from. It's kind of his home base, his home church. And so he starts from here, and he kind of heads out up this direction to Tarsus, Iconium, uh, Antioch, Perga. This is kind of where he was before. That's where he did his first missionary trip, and he's gone to, to visit these churches, and he's got a message because there's been all these non-Jewish people coming into the church, and the, they're like, is this okay? Is God on board with this? Are we all right to do this? And the church in Jerusalem's made the decision that, yeah, it's all good, uh, and they've got some tips to help these churches. And so Paul takes the message from the church in Jerusalem to these churches which he's previously visited in this kind of region here. There's Galatia there. Uh, and so this kind of is going and speaking to them about it. What Paul finds is that the church he goes to visit, there's actually many more churches than he had originally planted. he kind of gone there and spoken to these people and, uh, and now they had heard and received the word and they had started letting other people know. So there had been all these other churches popping up uh, in, in regions surrounding where he had visited. He's like, oh, I've probably got to go and visit them and let them know of the decision as well. And so he spends a bit of time doing that, kind of visiting these churches. And then he kind of comes up here into Sardis and kind of comes up into this region here uh, in in Asia there, uh, his intention is to head up into this Bithynia area here. Uh, wants to head up uh, through Asia into Bithynia, kind of up this direction here. Um, we don't entirely know what happens, but we know that all their efforts to try and move in that direction don't work out. Acts chapter 16 uh, and verses 6 and 7 say, Paul and his companions travelled throughout the region of uh, Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. When they came to the border of Messiah, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them. We don't have much more than that. We don't know what that looks like. We don't know what form that, that no took. Uh, but I imagine Paul and his companions were a little bit frustrated. They, they wanted to go, and they wanted to take the message to other people, and their way kept on being blocked. Uh, it can be really frustrating when you think that you're trying to do the right thing, you're trying to do a good thing for God, and you keep on getting notes. I have a bit of experience of this personally, uh, just recently. Uh, upon moving here to Adelaide, uh, one of the first things that we did was we began looking for somewhere to live. Crazy thought, isn't it, that we should have a home? Uh, that was not an as easy a process as we had initially thought it was going to be. We moved from renting to the prospect of buying very quickly because the rental market was horrendous and still is horrendous. Uh, in the two weeks, two and a half weeks that we were looking, uh, we, we went to over 25 open homes. Uh, that was after ruling out another dozen to 15 properties by driving past them. Uh, that was weekend Saturdays full of just going from place to place. We had the app out with our list of things, uh, driving all over the place. Uh, we, we actually we put in a couple of offers uh, for a few places. Um, one of them, we, we kind of, both of the offers that we put in were really 
pushing our limit of what we could afford and our budget. Uh, but kind of we thought maybe these could work. These could be good places. We could see this working for the Swan family. Uh, and I remember one of them uh, praying with Laura before we did it. Uh, I prayed, God, uh, you know this house. You know us. Uh, this is our offer. This is what we can afford. If this is the right house for us, let this offer be accepted. He said no. I was like, what? Did you not hear my prayer? Uh, and so, quite frustrating. That happened twice. Uh, both times, the price of the properties went soaring well outside uh, our price range. Uh, God said no. Uh, that's where I was up to. Sorry, that's where I was up to. Just a reminder. Uh, anyway, so after receiving these no's, Laura and I felt pretty frustrated. Uh, we, we felt frustrated and annoyed with God. We're like, we've moved to Adelaide, God. Uh, we've packed up a home. We've sold our home. We've, we're, we're all in. What are you doing? Uh, where are we supposed to live? And I remember it was a Thursday evening, and, uh, and I remember Laura and I talking. We were pretty uh, downhearted at that stage, uh, and Laura prayed. She prayed, God, we feel pretty blocked, and we feel like there is no way, but you can make a way, and so make a way. Uh, the next day, the next day, we came across a house online uh, in the afternoon that had an auction the next morning at 9am. Uh, so heaps of time to be able to consider things. Uh, and we turned up, we looked at the house at 8.30 for half an hour, and I, I remember we walked in and the, the real estate agent said, oh, is it your first time visiting this home? We're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and they're like, oh, you know, there's an auction this morning. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah we saw that online. Like, oh, uh, are you going to register for the auction? I said, maybe. Uh, we ended up registering, bidding, and winning, and that is end up being that's below our budget. It's an area, thank you, uh, an area which we are excited about. It was clearly God's house that He had for us, but He needed to say no. He had a good plan for us and something that He wanted for us, and so He had to say no to some of the other things that we could see as potentially being good things. This is what happens to Paul and his companions. They receive no's from God to be able to go and spread the message somewhere, and they're, they're stuck. They're, God, we've gone out. We've come out to tell people about you. What are we supposed to do? Eventually, Paul has a vision. He has a vision of people calling uh, of a man calling, a Macedonian, saying, come and help us. In Acts chapter 16, verse 9, during the night, this is the verse after they were blocked. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man from Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. 
So Macedonia, they were kind of wanting to head out to the east. Macedonia was to the west. And the next, it says, the next thing they did was Paul and his companions obeyed and they left at once. And the first stop, they kind of got on a boat and the first stop was at this little city of Philippi. And that's where this partnership with the Philippian church begins. Uh, he meets uh, a number of Jewish people there and some of them convert and are baptised by Paul. Uh, but it doesn't take long for Paul to kind of have controversy uh, come around him and he and one of his uh, companions, Silas, are beaten and they are thrown in prison. Uh, they are eventually released because they've realised that, that actually they didn't have the authority to do that to Paul as a Roman citizen. Uh, and so he is released uh, from prison and allowed to continue on. He stays in Philippi at that point about three months and then he heads off continuing to tell other people about Jesus and set up and establish other churches. On his third missionary trip, he comes back to Philippi and he spends three years with the church there. The Apostle Paul comes and works amongst them, encouraging them, partnering with them for three years. Philippians 1 verse 5 says, your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And it's clear that there's been a fair bit of water which has gone under that bridge in terms of their partnership. There are a few parallels, I guess, for me, as I think about beginning a partnership here. This is my desire for us at Glen Osmond, is that we, we form a partnership in the gospel. I'm not coming, upon, uh, coming here to be the lead pastor and do everything and be everything. I want to partner with us. One of the appeals of coming here was I already felt like God was doing some pretty incredible stuff. There are people here who are committed and who are on board and who want to be part of things. And I want to partner with that. I don't want to take over. I don't want to take things away from people. I want to help encourage and grow and partner with you as you also seek to live for and make God known. Uh, and I guess that kind of started a while ago for us as the Swans. Uh, to give you a bit of our story of how we've ended up here in this partnership, how God's brought us to begin this. Uh, early last year, in 2022, we'd been at our church for about six years, uh, and we'd always had a sense that God had us where he wanted us at that church. There was some pretty tough stuff that went on, uh, and there were some pretty hard things, but we always had the sense that this is where God wanted us to be. Uh, but in early 2022, we started to sense a bit of a shift. There was no vision of someone from Adelaide calling, Swans, come over, we need you. Uh, not quite like Paul, but we just had this unsettled, restless feeling in our spirits. And we started to put some feelers out about what other things might be out there. Uh, and there were numerous opportunities, uh, but none of, them, none of them were quite right. Either there were things that didn't seem quite right for us as our family, or things that didn't seem right uh, our family kind of connecting with that church. And then we saw an ad for a church in Glen Osmond in Adelaide. Uh, we investigated the options. We had a look at the, the website. Remember, the website's important. 
Uh, everyone does it. I did it as well. And what I saw on that website was values, uh, an ethos, uh, an attitude that matched who we were. Families, community, and the gospel seemed core to who you were. And that was exciting. That was appealing. That was, that was core to who we are and what we desired church to be. And the further we explored this option uh, of this church in Glen Osmond, the more God seemed to be continuing to lead us down the path. Uh, And the good thing about God and the Spirit is that they work in unity. And so as we felt that things were continuing to open up, there was a search committee, uh, a, a pastoral search team amongst you, who were also feeling that things were continuing to, uh, to match up and that were, they were starting to feel the same way that we were, that this could be the beginning of a partnership. So as we begin this partnership as we begin thinking about how this is going to look for us, my hope is, I guess, similar to Paul's prayer that he concludes this little section in Philippians with uh, for the church in Philippi. Uh, As we begin our journey, as me as the lead pastor here at Glen Osmond, this is my deep hope. This is my prayer for our partnership in the gospel is the same as what Paul says in, uh, in verses 9 to 11, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ, to the glory and praise of God. What a beautiful prayer. What a beautiful hope for that partnership of what that could look like. But what does that actually look like? It's one of those, it's a, the beautiful words, but, but in practice, what is it going to look like for our love to abound more and more? Uh, and I think the way I've been thinking about this is I, my deep desire for, for myself, for my family, for us here at Glen Osmond, is that our hearts be captured by what Jesus has done for us. We often in churches talk about things in terms of head, heart, and hands, kind of head in terms of understanding something, heart in terms of the the emotional center, and then our hands in terms of the actions that we are then going to do. And we often think about it that way, and that's perhaps a bit of a a reflection upon our society and the way things work. We think that you, you get the knowledge right, you get the information, and that information then trickles down into your heart, which affects your emotions, and that then goes out into your hands. I mean, that's how our education system is set up, right? So universities are about giving knowledge and information, so that will then encourage you to do these things and do these things well, uh, out of having the right heart for that. And so that's kind of the way we're set up. I'm not entirely convinced that's necessarily the biblical model or the way the writers of the Bible saw us working. Because for the writers of the Bible, the heart is not an organ which pumps blood around the body. I mean, that that might be part of its job for them, but that wasn't the essence of what they saw the heart as. When they spoke about the heart, they were speaking about the core of who we are. What makes us us on a deep level, what drives us to do and be who we are. 
And so it's kind of perhaps more closer to the saying uh, that what the heart desires, the will does. So what the heart desires, the hands do, and the mind justifies. That's perhaps a bit more of, I think, kind of how things tend to work. Uh, and as I've considered, I, I see this more and more as I read through different passages. So uh, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 21, Jesus himself says, For where your heart is, there your treasure is. Uh, in Luke 6, 45, uh, it says, A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. It's about the heart, that the heart is the centre of our decision-making, that actually what our affections and our desires are set towards will take control of our thoughts and our actions, and our mind will justify how that is all right and how we're able to do that. As the lead pastor here of Glen Osmond Baptist Church... I want to focus our hearts on Jesus. To be able to search our heart's depths and examine what it is that what is it that our hearts truly treasure? What is actually that our affections desire more than anything else? And to focus or perhaps refocus our affections towards Christ, to be captured by how incredible what He has done for us, and to let that impact not just our mind, but our hearts, that our hearts would desire to respond to God's love, that our hearts would desire to know more of Him and to serve Him, because we know that that's actually what's best for us in response to His love and His goodness to us. I want to encourage us to continually be realigning our hearts to Christ. If I talk about my hobby horses, this is it. I want to talk about our hearts and how we can get our hearts to be captured by who Jesus is and what He has done for us and that that impact every part of us to impact every decision that we make, whether we're buying a house, whether we're taking a job, who we are in a romantic relationship, what we do in that romantic relationship. We want every part of that to be impacted by the gospel. My prayer for us is the same for Paul, as Paul's prayer for the church in Philippi. Let me pray. Let me pray my prayer. Lord, I pray that our love here at Glen Osmond Baptist Church may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that we may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Amen. What's next, Karen? Karen?